Guys, welcome back to the Landco podcast. Um, back at it here with Matt Lynch. And we don't have any exact plans what we're going to check, chat about. Um, I think we're going to talk about um, the deer season. Um, Matt's going to kind of review that, let us know how he thought it went, how it went for him personally, um, and chat about other deer hunting related issues. So you cool with that, Matt? Yeah, or at least try and keep uh, keep people entertained for a while as best we can. Yeah. Okay. Um, again, I'm relying on you for most of this because I am a, a duck hunter, not a deer hunter. Um, but I hear most of this stuff. So give me a rundown on how um, the season went. Not not necessarily for you specifically, although I'd like to get into that, but just like, you know, how was the season overall? What was the general feel among uh, Illinois hunters this year? Um, you know, you get, you get mixed, uh, feelings about it every year from guys. I had several friends who had some great success. They shot some really nice bucks and I had, uh, other guys that said, you know, it's just a terrible year. I'm not seeing near as many big ones as I normally do. I'm not seeing anything at all. My cameras are slow. Um, and you know, it's, it's just all across the board. I mean, I've got obviously my feelings personally that I can compare this season to past seasons and, yeah. Uh, say what was good and what wasn't but I mean overall um, I would say it was pretty good despite even warmer temperatures that we had normally you're looking for uh, cooler temps throughout the season to kind of keep the deer on their feet we did not have that this year really during the season yeah. but uh, despite that I still thought that that movement was pretty good um, given that adversity so um, not not as bad as I thought it was going to be uh, based on the weather that we had right how was um like i know i hear comp- people complain all the time about like you know we lost this many deer two or three years ago to whatever disease and we're just now catching back up this year um the most common thing i heard was they're starting to see bigger deer than they had in the last is that sort of what what you saw and what you've heard as well uh yeah definitely i mean it's it's so spotty because i mean you can get some areas that weren't affected whatsoever yeah. by, you know, EHD or, or anything like that. You get some areas that were hit really hard and they're just now starting to see these big deer come back on their farms. Um, we were pretty fortunate, um, across our spots, you know, we've got, we're fortunate. We have a lot of water. We didn't have many problems with EHD. We did not lose many deer. So, um, you know, year after year, we're fortunate. We, we tend to see the same bucks come back year after year that we can okay. kind of watch them grow. Um, I, I can say one thing this year, and I don't know if you can attribute it to the drought conditions that we had or what it is. I did not see um, huge antler uh, growth jumps this year um, compared to last year as I have in years past. You know, you might get a, a buck who's three or four years old, you know, the, after another year makes a giant jump and, and adds on a lot of inches. I did not see that uh, happen this year as opposed to previous years when um, that's something that you really notice. Yeah, that's funny you say that. Again, I don't, I don't really care that much. But on the new Dunlap farm that I bought last year with that giant ten pointer, the sheds I found, yeah. that deer, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we have him again this year, and I don't think he's put on an inch. Like he looks the exact same. That's I'm. Yeah. I was really hoping that you were kind of gonna dust off the uh, the coveralls and, and get out there and, and try <laughs> hunting this year. Yeah, maybe next year. Uh, but and, and I sent you those pictures this morning of the deer that I. Uh, got on that farm and they're all like I, I can't some of these I can't tell apart that we can have a podcast on cameras because those spy spy point cameras they're freaking awful yeah I'm not a, I've never been a fan of them never yeah 
Um, so I can't tell if those are, you know, 10 different deer or two different deer. And I also can't tell if that's the same deer as we had last year, but if it is, it's the, it's the freaking same. Like it didn't grow an inch, which again, I don't care, but it would have been cool to have a, you know, that was what a one. 70 180 last year I, th- I think he was right at 170 uh yeah. i mean he's solid i mean just a, i think he's a gross boon um based on looking at him and i was really hoping that you'd catch up with him this year but you don't think any of those you think any of those pictures were him that i sent this morning there was one on there that looked like he had that size that could have been him it's it's hard to tell with the quality of that spy point camera though how it is like i said i use we've used spy points before in the past and i have nothing good to say about them i've been a big fan of spartan for several years that's the ones that we run and um I'm really happy with those. I need to change it up. Um, but it's so it's interesting you say that, number one, because I'd never heard that. But when you said that, I'm like, man, I don't think any of mine grew this year. But secondly, like to get in food this year was awful, at least well, for everything. But like duck hunting, like it was it was brutal. And then like there was a small window to plant and then it didn't rain for like eight weeks or something crazy. Like does that affect anything? Like, was there less food around, less quality food? Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think, um, I mean, guys are going to try and plant the same amount of, you know, acreage that they have before in the past probably. But for us, at least that I can speak to just the quality of food, um, that grew, you know, the, you know, our brassicas that we normally plant. I mean, you can get bulbs that are, you know, the size of a softball, even bigger than that. And this year they, um, that just wasn't the case. And, you know, it's one thing you can attribute it to uh, when you plant enough. You planted too early. Uh, you maybe got it in before one rain, but then we had, I feel like it was six weeks that it didn't rain at all. Um, yeah. And then you can say, like, well, I, I planted late. We had rain, but, you know, you're planting late in the season just with what temperatures do. Um, our fields just weren't, um, you know, the quality, uh, I would say, that they have been in the past, and that's nothing against you know, the seed or what we plant, it's more just, you know, sometimes if you don't time it out right and you don't get the rain that you need to, it just doesn't work out. And that kind of changed how we hunted this year is I, I mean, we had deer coming into, you know, our food plots, but they spent more time in our clover, which was looking actually really good this year compared to our brassicas, which just didn't have the size that they normally do. Yeah. Yeah. But that will like for antler growth, that'll affect, um, that's next year, right? Like, I don't even know how that works, I suppose. But like you're saying the the nutrition might not have been there, but do they get that? And maybe you don't know this. Do they get that as they're growing their antlers or is that from like what they kind of, what they ate like the previous year? You know, I mean, I'm, I or is not it just gonna, overall nutrition. Yeah, I'm not going to claim to be a, you know, a deer scientist or nutritionist. like, Oh, well this is what's causing it. You know, I'm, based on what I hear from, you know, you read so many articles or what you notice over the years, um, you know, deer spend a, a good amount of time in food plots, but they spend more of their time in the woods. And, and a lot of what they yeah. eat is just what they're browsing on in the, you know, in the timber, um, you know, close to where they're bedding at. And, you know, they come out, you know, the last few hours of, uh, daylight or whatever. And, you know, through the night, they're getting that stuff from your food plots, but a lot of it's just what they're browsing on in the timber. Um, right. So, I mean, I don't think that, you know, guys are going to next year because of that see, you know, tiny racks. I don't think that's the case. But, you know, sometimes when you've got those years of just awesome growth in your food plots and everything seems to line up, the stars align and all that, you might just get a, a buck that has the right genetics, you know, make a, 
a yeah. huge jump. You know, you, you grow him to his absolute potential because everything was, was how it needed to be. Right. Um, okay. So overall, decent season, uh, despite like, you know, bad conditions for um, planting, bad weather for hunting, um, you know, no cool temps. Uh, so give us a rundown on your season. I mean, I know what happened, but uh, how did it go and what were you chasing and how did it end up and and where exactly did you shoot it? If you'll share that. <laughs> I'll do my best. Uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting season. You know, I always try and go into every year with a game plan of what deer I want to chase to start the season off. Um, when I want to go out, you know, when it's, when you've got young kids at home, you try and plan things out the best you can so that you're yeah. you know, not gone all the time. Um, I had my target buck in mind, um, going after him, unfortunately with the days that I was able to get out and, and everything, one that I'd had four years of history with ended up getting shot by the neighbor. Um, which, you know, I'm, that's, it happens to everybody. That's, you know, that's, that's planting, part of it, yeah. you know, it's a part of it. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the neighbors when that happens and I'm, uh, you know, it's a bummer, but I'm always excited to, you know, share stories and pictures, uh, when something like that happens. So with that kind of had to, you know, readjust and, and kind of go to the second buck on my list, which was how many, like how many, um, mature deer did you have that you would have shot on your, on all of your leases or property? Um, so the thing this year was, I feel like it was the year of the four-year-old. We have so many four-year-olds and I try and not consider shooting a deer until it gets to five. Um, I feel like that's when they really hit their, um, fully mature status, um, you know, and age and everything. So there were so many deer that a lot of people would look at and be like, man, I'm, that is a heck of a deer. You'd be a fool not to shoot him. But, uh, just, I want to make sure that I give them every opportunity I can to make sure that they grow to the biggest they can be. So passed on a lot of really good four-year-olds in hopes to see them next year. Um, but in terms of ones I would actually shoot, I was, the number was, was small. There was maybe across the, you know, 1200 acres that we have access to that we own and manage. There was, you know, a handful, um, Uh, that would really make the cut. And, um, one of them was at our farm and I'd had lots of pictures of him. I had a good encounter with him early on, just a little too far out of range for me to be comfortable taking, you know, shot with my bow and, um, I hunted him several days, didn't get on him. And then first shotgun season, um, first day out, he walks into to bow range and I was able to shoot him with my shot. Oh, <laughs> nice. Usually. Nice. I, yeah. I feel like that happens, um, more often than not actually. Um, so how, how big was he? How'd he, how'd he end up? He's good. Not, you know, it's, it's one of those that you kind of go off of. He was a huge, mature giant. Yeah you know, ruled the, ruled the property, um, in terms of his size rack was good. Not a, not a monster. You know, he was probably, um, high one fifties, um, as a, as a 10 pointer. But like I said, he was one that I know was mature, had several years of pictures of him. Um, was just really excited to get him down. Um, and with that, I had a couple more in mind that I was hoping to get. They were much bigger antler wise, but they were, just ghosts on my cameras. You'd maybe get a picture here and there and at nighttime, just not getting a lot of pictures. Um, so with that being said, you kind of, you hang out in the areas that you think they might be and and hope that they show up. Um, that didn't happen. So I, during first muzzleloader, I went out, um, I'm sorry, second muzzleloader, 
Um, season went out after one I'd been chasing, had him on camera, no encounters, and uh, he walked five feet away from me with my muzzle loader, and um, I was able to shoot him at about 15 yards. And, nice. Yeah. So that was, and he was another, uh, like I said, a mature five and a half year old one I'd had a lot of pictures and history with, um, biggest deer on that farm at the time. So excited to, to get him out. And he was probably around, you know, 160, maybe low 160s. Nice. Well, so, and I appreciate those, but let me know which on this, uh, on the actual webpage of this, uh, podcast, I'll throw those pictures down there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, just real nice. Um, like I said, when it, when you talk in terms of a deer, you shoot, you know, it, sometimes it's not the antler size that matters. It's, um, you know, the deer that rules the roost, you know, with age or, you know, body size and and everything. Um, like I said, there was bigger rack deer, uh, out there that I'd passed on, but, um, ones that I'm really hoping to see next year, what they grow into. So where, so you say that like you're full of three and four year olds and I hear that all the time. Yeah. Like where do they go? Like I, in some areas, I understand that a lot of them get shot, right? Like Taswell County, different parts of Peoria County where there's a hunter every like, you know, 40 yards. <clears throat> but like where you're hunting and like where Ryan's hunting and stuff, like where I have hunted in the past, like those deer are not getting shot. Like where the hell are they? Do they just not get bigger and you don't know which ones they are? Like how is that? Where do they go? I, if I if I knew that answer, I, I'd feel like I'd be <laughs> – I could uh... – quit my day job and people would be coming to me, you know, for the, <laughs> you know, to figure out exactly what to do with deer hunting every year. Uh, so weird to me. Like how many four-year-olds do you think you had on your farm? Like, let's say you had 30, like how many of those do you expect to be on your farm next year? Five? Yeah. I mean, some of them, when you, the problem is, is when you get that many three and four-year-olds and farms that aren't, you know, several hundred acres, you know, anything that's shy of a few hundred acres and you get that many bucks on there, uh, in that age range, you're going to start seeing, um, the more dominant ones start to, you know, put their mark on their territory, push some of the other ones out. Um, and that's the thing too, is you, when you're setting up a property, you need to make sure that you, you set it up in a way that you can hold several mature deer on the same farm and not have, right. you know, overlap, um, with that, which it's, it's hard to do, but, um, you do the best you can, but I, I'm hoping just based on past years that next year we can see a lot of these deer come back just because they've been there for several years already. Um, in terms of where they go when they disappear or, um, everything, I have no idea a lot of the time. I mean, I think they, these deer, you know, it's, you think of it in terms, this is their home. They know every inch and everything of it. And they've got their little areas that they feel safe hiding out in and, um, areas of the woods or neighboring properties that they know that nobody's going to go into or mess with them or, uh, right. they feel protected. And, uh, yeah, I'm really yet to figure that part out yet in terms of where these deer, cause I've, I've had so many that it's like, you know, they disappear. I had case in point, I've got one that has shown back up on cameras here in the last couple of weeks that, uh, I had him early on. He disappeared for over a month, uh, maybe two months. And then out of nowhere showed back up. I thought he got killed during gun season and then yeah. out of nowhere showed back up. It's, uh, so, so weird. weird how that happens. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. 
I know we talked about this a little bit before uh, we started recording, but and this is an entirely an opinion question. Okay, I've just been seeing and reading some of the stuff on on Facebook about people starting to complain a little bit about like Illinois policies on hunting and like saying that it's no longer the best state to hunt in. And a lot of it just might be bitching to bitch because that's what people do, right? But like, yeah. Is there like is there any truth to that? Like are are there less big deer around because of some of these policies? Like you don't have to shoot a doe, you can shoot two bucks, you can there's no antler restriction. Um I don't know how hard it is to get a tag anymore, but it seems like it's pretty easy. Like it does any of that stuff, and again, purely opinion, doesn't really matter. I just enjoy, curious. I enjoy reading the stuff on there because there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there that are you know, going to have their thoughts and opinions and everything. And I just usually sit back and enjoy the show when that happens. Um, so I do think that there are some changes that could be made to better the deer herd in Illinois. Um, and some, like I said, some guys are going to disagree, but you know, when you have somebody who owns or hunts property, um, and they've got, you know, really bad neighbors that shoot everything or they're, you know, hunting a smaller property, shooting one buck is going to, that's going to be great. And they're going to, you know, be great with the one buck policy. They don't need to shoot two. They think, you know, let's save the big ones. Uh, now for somebody like in my circumstance where we have several farms, um, you know, multiple in some years, at least, um, some, it's not the case, but in some years, multiple shooters on every farm. Um, I like the, advantage of being able to say well i can shoot one on this farm and i can go over to another one and and shoot another mature deer if the opportunity presents itself um you know hunters like us and my family we're not the ones that are creating the problem you know because we manage for the the oldest deer that we can possibly shoot um we don't take um you know we're not trying to go for antler sizes um as much as age on that one so that's something we're watching but there are a lot of hunters out there who are shooting younger deer, multiple younger deer, um, which is definitely, um, you know, I think hurting the, you know, the herd in the sense that you're not seeing as many large deer in some areas because they're getting, you know, shot up by some people. Um, I think one thing that I do like about other states that I think that we would benefit from is um, just the number of out-of-state tags especially you know you see a lot of outfitters they're you know catering to out-of-staters a lot of the time um you know iowa if i were to try and hunt in iowa i'd have to put in for a draw that i probably wouldn't be able to hunt there for several years after i started putting into this as opposed to somebody wants to come hunt in illinois from out of state they can just go buy a tag and you know they can shoot two bucks if they want to they're gonna they're gonna pay for it but um you know that's the case and that's a problem I also, um, I disagree with the late antlerless only, um, season, you know, that you can go out with your gun and and shoot, you know, a doe if you've got tags. It's great to be able to, you know, try and even out the doe, uh, to buck ratio and take out some does late season. That's a good thing. But because of the timing of it, I've seen so many mature bucks get shot during that, that have shed their antlers. Um, Right you know, as a result of it. So I do think that that's something that, uh, we would benefit from, uh, getting rid of. Um, and, and, and lastly, my big thing is 
supplemental feeding. I, I, you know, so many states have it to where you can, um, you know, provide these deer with supplemental feeding, nutrition, uh, everything in the off season. Um, and it's one of those things that's, I think it's good to, you know, if the state's trying to cater to trophy mature whitetail to be able to, um, draw in, you know, out of state hunters to be able to sell more tags to in-state hunters. Why not try and do what we can, um, to give these deer the, the best opportunity possible for maximum growth. Um, as long as it's in the off season and, um, done appropriately. I don't, I don't think that there's a problem with that. You know, there's so many talk about diseases being spread and, and all that. Well, you know, states like Iowa, Missouri, they're doing this and they're consistently producing trophy, you know, world-class deer out of these, these states and you don't hear disease in the talks of that. So. Yeah, I did hear that. Um, I don't remember the exact number. It just sort of shocked me that this year or this previous season, it was like either 55 or 60% of the deer shot, uh, through the course of the season were bucks. I would have expected that to be, uh, maybe even flip-flopped, but, uh, that was crazy. Yeah. And I just really, I think that comes I mean, everybody wants to go out and shoot a buck. That's, you know, they yeah. want to, you know, you do get meat hunters out there that it doesn't matter. But I think, you know, even the, you know, the guys who are going out there to, you know, as trophy hunters to try and shoot these mature bucks, I do think that we as, you know, land managers, habitat managers, um, you know, hunters need to just try and be responsible and try and uh, take out our fair share of does as well to try and keep the herd in balance. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a, I don't even know where I fall on it. Like, I'm not even saying that they should do some of this stuff. Like, if the state is, um, if you want the state to be in charge of, like, raising the quality of our bucks, then sure. But, like, it's also weird to be, like, tell people what they can and can't shoot on their own property. That's also, like, that's not the state's job, right? Like, it's it's a weird issue. It It is. And, I mean, like I said, you're, you're going to have some guys that, um, you know, like I said, so many people right now are, are in favor of the one buck, you know, tag limit, um, and some of these other things. And I'm not saying necessarily that they're wrong and I'm not saying that they're right. It's, you know, everybody's got, uh, arguments, uh, for and against it. And yeah. And maybe like, if you had to like earn the extra buck, right? Like, so don't tell someone they can't, some States you have to shoot a doe first, right? Is that, I, th- I think so. I've, I've heard that. Or, you know, if you do shoot a buck, you have to shoot a doe, um, yeah. as well before. Yeah. I don't know if it's shoot a doe before you can shoot a buck. Um, like make somebody earn the like, like I don't think the state should be like like if my ten year old is hunting or any ten year old, and whatever a little tiny eight pointer walks by like sh- shoot it right like who cares get them excited about hunting right or like a fifty year old dude who shot a ten pointer, go shoot a doe go shoot a few does like it's also weird to make someone do that before they get another buck but uh, that would help and I don't think that's too much to ask but again what do I know. Yeah, it's, and it's just, you know, you've got so many different types of hunters out there, the guys who are going to go and regardless, they may just shoot one, two deer a year, you know, they may shoot one buck and one doe, but then you've got these other guys who, even if they've got a small parcel of land, um, you know, they may shoot crazy. You've got, you've got guys that'll shoot 10 deer on 50 acres compared to guys that'll shoot two deer on 400, you know, it's, it's. Yeah. Well, I can, I can wrap this up with like a quick endorsement for you and like why, why you would work with someone like you, like, 
Illinois is always going to be sort of a mess, right? Like, so that's why it's important to like have good neighbors. You want to like know what neighborhood you're in, who shoots what, you know, like, you know, that stuff. Um, so like if I was buying a deer farm, I would go with someone who knew, Hey man, here's, here's the three or four areas you want to be in in Knox or Fulton or Peoria, right? Like I, that stuff matters, right? Like the more neighbors you have working together, like like-minded, that's where big deer are killed. Absolutely. I mean, so something about me, you know, we've got farms that we are able to hunt across several different counties. Um, so, you know, people who are looking to buy land, you know, I can speak to, um, you know, different areas, you know, maybe McLean, Woodford, uh, Peoria, Fulton, Knox, those areas, just because I'm, I'm familiar either by farms yeah. that we hunt uh, or very close friends who are, you know, hunting those areas. Um, you, you get to, to know the area, you get to know the people, what kind of what's being shot where, um, the quality of it, the pressure that's around there. And I think that's a big thing. You know, that's one of the, if I'm looking for a farm for myself, one of the first things that I look at is, okay, well, what's, what are the neighbors like over in that area? What are they, you know, are they guys that are going out and it's brown, it's down, or are they yeah. you know, doing some trophy management over there? That's one of the first things I look at because I don't want to have to worry about the deer that I'm trying to manage to protect if they're going to just get, you know, these young yeah. ones, if they're going to get blasted the first time they step over, you know, the property line. Especially on smaller pieces. Like if you only have 40, like, and if, if your neighbor, if there's four 40 acre pieces and no one's on the same page, it's hard to grow big deer there. I see it in Tazewell up and down like the, um, what is that over there? I always think Kickapoo. It's not the spoon. What's what's that creek that goes through Taswell? The Mac. Yeah, the Mackinac. Like there, that is some of the best deer habitat that I think I've ever seen. You just every once in a while, someone kills a huge deer over there. But like, there's a bunch of small deer shot over there, and like I'm convinced it's because like it's a bunch of small pieces. It's hard to find a huge piece over there, um, and everyone just shoots like it's a big shotgun hunting like area. At least for, from what I've seen, and they just. For as cool as that property, that area is, there's not a ton of big deer. I mean, unless that's changed. Yeah, and I mean, I'm familiar with that area because one of the farms that we we hunt is over by the Mackinac. And, um, I mean, I could say it's some of the biggest deer that I've seen in my entire life are in that area. Um, but I've also, I've seen ones that had the potential to be some of the biggest deer that I've seen in my life. Uh, several of them get shot at a young age just because of the the hunting pressure and um you know guys that aren't necessarily into the hey let's let's get him to maturity yeah you know kind of thing yeah. that it's oh he's a he's a giant now we have to shoot him kind of thing and that's that's okay like i said for some of these guys it's the biggest deer they may ever see or or shoot and all that but um with that being said i i just think that goes on to um okay well what kind of changes can we make then knowing that what kind of neighbors we have, what kind of changes can we make on our farm to uh, encourage these deer to maybe not travel over in that direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, kind of keep them more on our side and, and all that. But like I said, we try and do that the best we can and we still have them get shot by the yep, neighbors. It happens. Yep, it happens. happens. It yep, is it what happens. it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool, man. We'll wrap this up. Um, we're going a little longer than I expected. So um, appreciate you hopping on here, Matt. Uh, we talked about doing another one on uh, kind of like current market market conditions which would be a a cool one because market is uh 
it's crazy right now, like crazy high, not a lot of properties. So, um, we'll, we'll try to do that one next, but, um, thanks for coming on and, um, appreciate, uh, everyone listening and hopefully we'll, we'll come back uh, shortly with another one.